Hello, this is the hardcore legend Mick Foley, and you are listening to Putting You Over. Yeah. Hi, Ryan. How are you this evening? Hello. How you guys doing? Today, this evening, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, you know. Just generally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So are you wrestling UFC'd out yet? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I, mean, I, I miss I miss you know I'll, I'll miss certain things here and there um, not really as much with wrestling um, but like I didn't watch the entire Bellator card last night like there's stuff that just kind of gets fallen to the wayside especially with you know I'm a Chicago sports fan so the Blackhawks are doing what they're doing the White Sox aren't terrible to start the season so I'm kind of like trying to balance everything what's up Mr. McKinnell how you doing well hello there I'm, Kevin. I'm phenomenal. I'm a little fired up. Um, I don't know why I'm fired up because I'm extremely <laughs> exhausted. I've spent the entire day at my mother-in-law's. It was her 70th birthday, so happy birthday to her. There but you go. We had D-Rod on, longtime friend of mine, and we talked wrestling. He got me all fired up, and now you're here. And the first thing that comes to my mind is, like, you have to get up at, what, 2.30 in the morning to do your show? Because yeah, yeah, because, yeah, because we're, um, now Busted Open is, you know, live Monday through Friday, right. so you guys obviously are taking calls, all that stuff, due to, you know, staffing issues and COVID, uh, serious offices aren't open, so it makes a weekend show like Saturday, right. uh, I believe a little bit more difficult, so we're trying to get back live, but until we are, Saturday is not live, we're pre-recording, now we're pre-recording as late as we possibly can, Yeah. You know, in, in terms of we leave an hour buffer. That's literally it. So we wrap around 6 a.m., um, goes out, guns and the boys in the audio department, they flip it back around in about an hour, and then it comes back out. But obviously we don't get to take uh, calls. But, yes, I'm up at 2.30. Show is at 4. Um, I usually catch a few hours, you know, because Another SmackDown day. ends late here on the West Coast, right? Yeah. It ends at 10 o'clock here on the West Coast. I'm up at 2.30. So I try to get – you know, three and a half, three hours in, and then uh, do the show and take a little nap during the day. But hey, it's a small price to pay, all for the love of pro wrestling, right? Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. I mean, I know, I think Mad Dog Radio is live at eight o'clock. Mm-hmm. So somebody must be in the studio at eight. Yeah, but it's, but, but you also, you're talking, when you talk about Mad Dog and you talk about Busted Open, yeah. you're talking, you're not talking about one or two people. Yeah. You know what I mean? And obviously, you can't split their responsibilities. Mad Dog is Mad Dog. Busted Open is Busted Open. So, yeah, I, uh, but believe me, believe me, I'm with you. I want to get back live. Uh, you know, obviously, I just had Anthony reach out. You know, Anthony Nebraska, he just reached out uh, earlier today. He's like, I miss taking calls. I'm like, yeah, man, me too. Um, you know, it's great to have that interaction. It's great to have that fan base there. Obviously, Dave LaGreca has built an incredible behemoth. You guys know that. You guys listen, I mean, regularly, and the responses are awesome. So, yeah, I certainly miss it. Hopefully, as Mark likes to say, as Mark Henry likes to say, we get out of this COVID hell sooner <laughs> rather than later. We can get back to normal. But until then, uh, you know, at least we're doing shows. That's what I'm trying to focus on. But, yeah, it's a little bit of a bummer for sure. It- it is there is a silver lining though cuz it is kind of fun to be listening to the show and tweet like like we always do like I'll do when it's live too um cuz it's hard for me to call with the girls running around and stuff so I like to tweet <laughs> so the fact that you're not live and you guys are behind like you respond like 
you're you're interacting with the nation through Twitter, mm-hmm. even though you can't be live. And I think that's a, a unique aspect. You know, it's hard for you to do if you're live. So yeah, and it, 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 another aspect is is witnessing on that Saturday show. Maybe there are some people who don't like colors. Obviously, I like to take colors. I like yeah. to interact. They uh, often can prompt great discussions and take a conversation down a road that maybe you weren't anticipating. Mm-hmm. So, they're, they're, believe me, there's a lot that, to add to that. But, you know, without the colors, that means it's just straight segment, segment, you know, wrestling, wrestling, wrestling. Mark and I, you know, going back and forth and, and really, you know, giving you as much bang for your buck, if you will. So, there is certainly a silver lining, but it's it's not, there's no replacement for, for three hours being live. And that's another thing. Three hours, uh, we're already, it's already, it's already, limited from the standpoint that it's once a week, right? Yes. It's Saturday. Yep. But the fact that it's two hours as opposed to three, maybe we don't get into as much as the goofy stuff. And yeah. sometimes, you know, going off the beaten path or get a little goofy or having fun and, yep. and feeling like you can and not having to feel like you have to hit all these wrestling stories, you know, sometimes that can make the show a little bit better. So yeah. it's an adjustment period, but it's, it's no biggie. We'll get it's, there. Uh, yeah, exactly. We'll get exactly. There. I hope we'll get there. I hope. Yeah, we will. Oh, boy. Um, but we had a big week in wrestling, and uh, I think you said it today on the show. Might have been the biggest week in wrestling in a long time. You know, consider WWE uh, NXT AW wise. I know we got a lot of stuff going on in New Japan as well. Yeah. Um, and I've wanted to get you on the show for a while, and I, I tried to balance it off uh, the UFC stuff because I know how involved you are with that. Because I want I wanted to talk to you, and this was a while ago about the new Nation of Domination. And I, you've been fully behind that. I really want to see it again, like bad. And yeah. and I think some things have happened now, especially with the underground and the hurt business. Um, I I'm kind of worried, and you hinted at it today that we might not get it. And I don't know yeah. I your thoughts on that a little bit. Yeah, it was something we didn't really elaborate on the show. You're right. I hit it a little bit today, kind of in, in, a, in a halfway rant, just kind of, yeah. you know, glossing over it. Uh, but, yeah, you, you look at what the Hurt Business did, obviously, on the Raw Underground segment at the, the end Monday Night Raw. And, you know, I, I don't have inside information, but you can read the reports like yeah. everybody else. It was that the nation was close two Mondays ago. When Ron Simmons showed up, there were reports possibly that, it was a go. And then for whatever reason, it was halted. Yeah. We obviously got Ron. Mark Henry was in town. You saw yeah. him the next week. Yes, he, he, did. he did a pre, uh, he did the segment with, or he was, did that the, um, going to, or coming back from break or going to break little, little spot with Drew there. So, you know, I, I thought there was a real possibility now knowing the WWE, like we know, at least from the outside looking in and listen, there's enough people that have talked about the process, right? Um, there's enough people that have written and head writers, yeah. um, I have a lot of experience with the WWE have commented on their time there. And, and we know that things can shift on the fly and this raw underground, the way it came on, first of all, but was in the works. I feel like we would have heard things leak. It, what I'm saying is I feel like it came, it came on a little bit late. It came on quickly. And when it did, they went with it. And I don't see how in any way, this is conducive to a nation storyline. No. And if there's sort of canon to Ron Simmons's comment about there's a better way, none of that makes sense now. No. So from, from what little we have, and it is little, you know, this could go a bunch of different ways, I suppose. And it's wrestling too. It can pivot. Yeah. Quickly. Yeah. For sure. For sure. 
Um, so, I mean, it's obviously not a be-all, be end-all, but my gut feeling right now is, is that they halted whatever they were maybe planning with the nation, and this Raw Underground is their new baby for right now. It's going to be their new creative, I guess, venture. And we'll see where it goes. You know, obviously, I talked about it today. I'm not particularly high on it. Yeah. Um, we'll see. Um, maybe they can change me. Maybe they can, maybe. And again, I'm not the target demo. You're not That's what you said to today. Yep. Yeah, you're not appealing to mixed martial arts fans. You know what I mean? Right. You're not going to say, hey, let's go out and get MMA fans with Raw Underground. That That is just not going to happen because MMA fans aren't. That's They will watch MMA, right? So this, I think, yep. is a fantastical sort of imagination to kids or to people who maybe don't have a strong foundation in MMA. And they just want to have some, you know, blood sport kumite, yep. you know, just a little bit of ridiculousness. And I'm okay. Like I've said before, right? Get get ridiculous. Get, get weird. Get funky. Um this though, again, with the strippers and the thongs and the video, the attitude era sort of feeling of it, and it did it just they I don't know, man, it just didn't it, I felt yeah, like they were it just didn't it, it didn't feel it go didn't ahead, feel bro. strong. Sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, is it reaching or see I took it more of like a nineteen twenties, like nineteen thirties underground boxing kind of feel yeah. kind of idea. So it's kind of like Right, so it's underground. So I took it more of like a '30s stance, where like you're not supposed to be there. It's like drinks. It's ladies doing burlesque. Yeah. So that I don't know. I kind of looked at it more like that kind of style. Yeah, is that burlesque? Is that? We have well, burlesque? it's not burl. It's not. They ladies yeah. weren't burlesque. They were yeah. dancing. But like that was kind of how I looked at it more than say like appealing to MMA. More of like appealing to like. 30s wrestling as like a history kind oh, of Oh, I idea. think they were appealing to the 13-year-old. Yeah, and then also to your point, and I, and I get what you're saying, um, nothing like, okay, let's examine that, right? You say that it reminds you of 1930s wrestling. First of all, none of this is right or wrong. No, it's right, it's exactly. Subjective. So whatever, mm-hmm. however it appeals to you, it's really, it's however it appeals to you. I'll just say this, nothing from that read to me like Luthez or, you know what I mean? Nothing read to me like a, a, a an underground shoot sort of style throwback. In fact, I mean, uh, when you really think about it, they were promoting mixed martial arts terminology, yeah. right? Like when MVP hit the hip toss and went into full mount, McMahon, Shane is there narrating it. You know, oh, he just hit the hip toss. Oh, he's into full mount. Okay, he's raining down punches. Now he's throwing short elbows. It was all, uh, Dolph hits the double leg. They comment on it. It was all very steeped in reality. And Shane, we know, is a big fan of MMA. So again, maybe it's maybe it's my kind of dual hats that I wear, and, it, and it's kind of you know the side of me that is always going to look at it as MMA. And then there's the side of you that, and I don't know, are, Vanessa, are you are you an MMA fan at all? Do you watch MMA at all? Yes, yes, I do. Okay, so that's interesting. I find that's interesting that. You, you read it more as like a 1930s thing. So listen, I mean, here's the good thing is it got people talking. Yeah. The ratings did moderately okay, and they've got room to pivot, right? I don't think they're beholden to any one thing with this raw underground idea. They unleashed the beast, and now <laughs> we're along for the ride. This is definitely one of Vince's creations, you know what I mean? I would have preferred the nation. I hope it's not completely... You know, it's not completely kaput because I, it's, it, I mean, we I've talked about it on the show. I think it's there's a lot of legs there, and it seems like you know with retribution, uh, they have no problem getting political because it feels yeah. like there's a little bit of an antifa yeah. sort of like they're trying to like demonize 
that sort of situation? I don't know, but I mean, they're, what I'm saying is they're clearly kind of playing on current events and current issues, right? What better current event and current issues than the nation and what they could be talking about and the whole, you have Kofi's run and now Big E's ramping up for a singles run. It's just, as Mark and I like to say, there's a lot of meat on the bone with that. Yeah, that's that's what I was going to, I wanted to touch on that. So maybe the Hurt Business is going to do the underground thing and they pivoted at the last second. Yeah. Um, and you, when you said that today, it got me thinking. Booker T made the remarks. Big E needs to change. He needs to get more serious, especially if he wants to hold a title, which I find odd from King Booker, but that's okay. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, um, yeah, wrong, right. So what if they pivoted at the last moment and they're going to have the new day be the new nation of domination? They've already they've yeah. already spoke their minds. We know what where where their where their you know their their beliefs are. We know it. We've seen it in the ring with the fists. That could be where they go. They first of all, they would be perfect. Yes, I agree. For a couple reasons, as you just said, the past history. There's uh, real life, you know, stories that you can pull from and imagery and stuff that we all remember as a part of our lives yep. that works well. Uh, beyond that. There's the Hogan NWO factor. Like if that happened, children and young teens across the country, maybe the, the business has changed. Children, yeah. <laughs> say young teens, we know what's up now. But uh, children would, remember when Bailey went heel? Yep. Uh, really when she went heel was here in Vegas when she took the axe to the blow-up dolls and like there were kids that were, you know, or Miz Girl when Miz cashed in against Orton, whatever, nine years ago, whatever the hell it was. Um there are those moments, right, that, that stick with you, that will just floor you as a kid. You have kids, you know. Uh, yep. New Day? <laughs> New Day going militant? New Day cutting a Black Lives Matter protest? You know, like, promo would floor a generation. So, from that standpoint, um, I, I, li- I mean, there's so much more we could get into, but that, I mean, they, are <laughs> they are legitimately primed for that position. The issue is going to always be their unbelievable success yeah they're money makers exactly as a faction see that's the thing hogan (laughs) when he turned we were 13 years into the hulk hogan experience right the eat your vitamins say your prayers ready red and yellow right we were ready for it and we never thought it would happen but point was is we were ready for it i you can't say the same thing about new day new day could run another for however long into the foreseeable future and i don't care they're amazing They're, they're they just have their own niche and they occupy it, and they can go from serious like they did at the Wyatt Compound or serious against the Usos in a feud and just going straight hit-for-hit hit wrestling matches, or they can just be completely off the wall. And Big E, even in the midst of a singles run, can be rolling down to the ring like there's nobody else who can do that. They occupy a space that is completely unto themselves, right? So, And on top of the merch and on top of the yeah. money they bring in, I don't think it will ever happen. The First Nation, as we talked about, was kind of created to elevate. If there is another ele- another nation created, it will be used to elevate. So you have to think, okay, MVP, that makes sense. Shelton, obviously, that makes sense. And then New Blood in terms of Ricochet, Apollo. There's 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 people there that you know that need that rub. That it would also yep. fit their story. New Day doesn't need it, but hey, if they I mean, <laughs> like you want to run the New Day as the new new as the new nation, I am going to. Uh, giving standing ovation for like a month straight on the show. Like I will, I will bend over backwards applauding the WWE because uh, I feel like it's something that's universally desired. I mean, that's hyperbole, but something that is very much desired from a, a large swath of yeah. professional wrestling fans. And yeah. this, the stage is 
in my opinion, I think I'm just biased because I really want to see it. But the stage is set. You have Xavier Woods that's going to come back eventually. And I think you had said it on the show. Like, he just comes back and says, I've been doing some reading. And, you know. <laughs> you know what? I remember that. That was uh, that was with Jonathan Hood. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. Like when you talk fast, you sometimes say really stupid things. But, yeah, <laughs> I'm glad you got the general sentiment. He's I been get... shelved off. And, you know, he's been keeping up with current events. Yeah. But I did use reading. And Jonathan... I uh, had a good chuckle at that. Like the doctor had never read a book. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. I, yeah. I think there could be a way to do it. And, and <laughs> maybe, you know, maybe you, you could do it with, with the nation and still elevate or with the new day as the new nation and still elevate people like ricochet people like, um, you know, Cedric Alexander, but we'll see. I don't know the pivot. What if they pivot it and Naomi, the ultra baby face, starts the Nation of Domination? Oh, I don't know. Well, that would be great. And here's the other thing. If the Nation does reboot, they have to be baby faces. Like, I went back and I watched a promo That's what I was going to ask Simmons. you, yeah. Yeah, I went back and watched a promo from Ron Simmons. And you guys can probably find it. Just just YouTube. Um, not now. After the show. Um, YouTube, Ron Simmons, Vince McMahon. And it's a promo where I think Vince hasn't yet made his role or you know taking the ownership role he, he's still kind of you know behind the desk and doing his interviews and ron simmons is like he just i mean he's farouk at the time yeah. and you guys might know the the promo that i'm talking about but he's essentially like you never put the belt on a black champion you're scared to put the belt on a black champion you know there's reasons for that and he just goes in and i'm like i'm watching the promo i was like this isn't a heel. Like, he's getting booed. Like, this dude is a baby face. Yeah. He's trying to tell you that there are issues happening within this company and there needs to be fair opportunity. You know, 20 years later, we get Kofi. Uh, but he just, I mean, it resonated. So, yes, if we get a new nation, they've got to be baby faces. Like, there's there's no question in my mind. Yeah. That was my next question. <laughs> they definitely. It'll be good, man. It'll be good. They're right yeah. now, the, what they have with the Hurt Business. Retribution, which we're going to talk about next, and Underground, I think they're at like a fork in the road with a bunch of paths. And yeah. people wanted new things. People wanted change, especially in that third hour. Um, and I think I sit back and, and wait, man. Wait for it and see what happens. Uh, yeah. So Retribution, they definitely are touching on some things in real life with that. With a, a t- uh, Well, you know what I'm saying. I can't say yes. – I can't say it. I need my speech therapist. But um, how how what was your takeaway from that? What did you get from it? Um, I thought it was you know very nexusy. Yeah, that's, um, that's the first I, thing. You know, we've seen in our lives we've seen a lot of invasions. Yes, you know what I mean. Yes, we have. It's another invasion. I the joke radicals. that you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, um, yeah. I you know. I joked that when they brought out the chainsaw, I, I was like, oh, my ears perked up a little bit. But listen, we'll see where it goes. I like the idea that they included women, but this isn't anything we haven't seen before. You know, the spray paint NWO, we've yep. seen it. Now it's pro wrestling. So we've seen everything. Yep. So I'm not I'm not a high horse. It just, you know, this is a big angle. We see, we'll see where it goes. It's a flagship show. You just ended Fox on Friday night with it. That, so let's, that was what you, what telling, too. Yeah. What do you have? So this, and it also crosses brands because we've seen it promoted on other brands. So we'll see where it's going. We'll see how strong it is. You know, there's obviously a lot of speculation as to who the members are. 
Um, anything short of just some draw-dropping reveal, they have a lot of work in store for themselves. Yep. Because I don't know exactly what type of story they're trying to tell. You know, we're disgruntled. We're, you know, anarchy. Yeah, okay. Like, and if it is a callback to Antifa and what's going on right now in the streets and kind of with our country, that is a dangerous game to play. Because you, you're going to, that to me, that feels like a lose-lose proposition. To me, a person who supports, you know, anti-fascism and, and progressive values and giving a giant middle finger to people who are racist and white nationalists, um, it doesn't make me feel good. Okay, so, and then also, the people on the other side of that spectrum, right, yep. the people who are right-leaning or whatever you want to call it or view Antifa as an enemy, they don't, it's not, it's not even go-home heat. It's not, it's not heat, it's not go-home heat, it's just real visceral anger that I would imagine makes you not want to watch the show. Yeah. So, again, I feel like it's a lose-lose proposition where I don't feel like you're appealing to anyone if that's the route they're going. It's only one week. I, I don't know exactly where they're going. There's obviously imagery that makes me – to lend itself to that's what they're kind of trying to draw the, the similarities. Yep, I agree. I don't know. But, again, if that's what they're trying to do, again, uh, dangerous ground. I, I think it's an extreme – it's very thin ice to walk. Yeah. And and yeah. and stay afloat. Um, I I also think I think a couple things. I think they're gonna need, like you said, a big reveal. It's got a dark order feel to it. Like there needs to be a quote unquote exalted yeah. one. Uh, there needs to be someone that's gonna be like, I'm behind this. I'm hoping it's gonna be whoever they reveal as the hacker, but that you still have to have that top guy do it. In my opinion, I don't know. I I've seen names. All sorts of names thrown around, just tons. But I don't know. Um, I'm with you. I'd like to see. I'd like to see the hacker be brought back around, just because it was such an integral part of the programming for like the last six months or whatever right. it was. And yeah, and yeah, it has to be a big name. Um, Mustafa Ali. I don't think gets it done. I don't think he does um, either. Unfortunately, I don't know. I don't think. And and here's the other thing is some of the names that have been floated and uh, there's one giant name out there and I don't think there's any truth to it I don't think there's any possibility and that's CM Punk yeah that's what um, I've been saying if, that's what I want yeah if that were if oh, I think it's a who a lot of people want you know people in hell want ice water um, <laughs> so, you know CM Punk coming back to the WWE especially can you know, like, I mean he's a progressive dude you know what I mean could you yep. see him signing on to like an Antifa no anarchy not I, I straight edge society like in a in a different world yes I could see him do it in this world in 2020 I just don't think I think he would view it as cheap and I don't think he'd be on board with it so maybe I'm wrong I don't obviously speak for the dude but we've obviously followed his career pretty closely on some level I think he's a man of principle um, it just doesn't read like him but I could be wrong they could have thrown a Brinks truck at the dude and he could be getting you know eight million dollars a year getting Lesnar money and he's like yeah I'm gonna come I'll do back. it I'll <laughs> yeah. If it happens, I, he better reveal himself as the hacker who was behind it. That's yeah. what I would prefer. There's someone in the chat here on Twitch that says uh, Rusev is going to be the hacker. I don't know if he's going to be behind Retribution, but they say Rusev's the hacker. I'm kind of getting on. Well, first of all, we have to start seeing the hacker come back. We haven't seen it, right? right. I don't think so. Yeah. No. So we ha- we'd have the to start see seeing that stuff again. Uh, personally, I think Rusev, that could be true. Uh, he hasn't shown up anywhere yet. I think it's been two weeks since he's had COVID. He got a nice fresh shave of his head. 
<laughs> something's coming with Rusev. I don't. He, he is spending a lot of he is spending a lot of time around technology. He is spending a lot of time around technology. Fun fact: I did play FIFA with him. Did you? I did. Did he win? Uh, I believe so. But he I had. So. He, he had better players. <laughs> he had better players. I don't know. The great like thing that. about the hacker, though, is it's similar to like Anonymous. So you've been seeing Anonymous in forever, and now they're just pumping videos out like it's nobody's business. But they kind of went underground for a while. So the hacker kind of has the same anonymous feel to me. Yeah. I don't need to yeah. know. And he doesn't even need to show up or she anytime soon, really. I just know that they're there. Yeah. I think that's a fair point. I think you, uh, I think the, the, the glitch, the hacker, I think that's something you can absolutely bring back around at any time in somewhat due time. I mean, you can't wait three years and swing back around on it. Right. It's like the anonymous raw general manager or something. Yeah. You know, <laughs> oh my God. Like that. Well, but, we were talking about yeah. that one. Then, yeah. Yeah. yeah so that was, Hey, you know what? When it's all said and done. Okay. I go back to like people power was during the anonymous GM, you know, those years weren't terrible. Oh, there's some really good feuds. There's some decent matches. You had Bad News Barrett after Nexus. I was, we were talking about Bad News Barrett today. Where's he been at? Well, Bring Wade Barrett back. That's make, a him, great, make him do That's a great question. Yeah. because Is he, he still signed with NWA? My guess? I don't know. But my guess would be no. Because he was only on, like, quote-unquote, the announced team. Yeah. That would be my guess. But I don't know anything from anything. But that'd be my assumption. And he's, I mean, that dude's, that dude's a blue chipper. Like yeah. NWA was lucky to have him anywhere he would be at, they would be lucky to have him. So I mean, a, a YouTube show. With all due respect, I I, I love the product they were putting out yeah. before they had to halt. But um, you know, Wade Barrett is Wade Barrett. That is a big man with a penchant to to speak his mind and to be authoritative. Like he's great on the mic. He's great in the ring. He's European, which I I don't know. Maybe it's because my family's from England. My dad yeah. immigrated here in the fifties. I don't know, but uh, yeah, man, I'm Pete Dunn, Wade Barrett. I, I love the I love the UK guys. So uh, Wade showing up again would be something really cool. Now that that would be one that would do it, right? I said Mustafa wouldn't do it. CM Punk obviously would do it. Uh, I think Wade Barrett. You you unveil him as you know something like that. I think that would do it. Uh, Rusev. Yeah, I think to a lot of us that would pop us. I don't think that's going to happen though. I just don't think it fits him. I could be wrong, but yeah. It, yeah, no, I don't think it. I don't think it really fits him either. Um, now, streamer, you brought it up. Would Cena do it? Because Cena faced Bray Wyatt, right? So everyone who faces Bray Wyatt flips. You mentioned that. So, like, yeah. would Cena do it if he flipped and turned? Uh, no. Only from the standpoint, I don't think Cena. Because right, if, if Cena would, if, if Cena were to do it right, it would we would agree it would be on par with with Hogan. Yeah. Right, going NWO. I just, I just don't think he would sign on to something that haphazard. Like if you were if you were going to turn Cena, you would be seeing him. He would be in the middle of the storyline, and it would happen in a very shocking nature. Not with I, I just don't think they do it with like a a pull the hood back. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Although, I mean, anytime, I mean, <laughs> you can almost do it in any way and it's going to make news. Right. I just don't think that's a, that, that would mess with your money in a very real way. Although he's not on a regular schedule, but I still think it would mess with your money. So you'd want to make sure it was done in a, in a very real and a very right way that would put someone over, you know, and this 
faction doesn't really put anyone over, and I don't know if it would in the context that we see it as now. It's just like anarchy faction. I, I think one of the issues here, and I said this to somebody somewhere along the lines, is I think they kind of threw all their eggs in one basket at once because this whole retribution thing could be great. The underground could be great, but one could over, over one could shadow out the other, you know, like, like retribution could fail just because underground is so good. I, I, I think they could have hold, held out on them. I don't know. It, it's just like two new things right off the bat, like boom, boom. I don't know. It's yeah. odd, but and new factions, you got the hurt business to account for. I'm with you. And here's the other thing: who's writing it all? Bruce yeah. Pritchard. <laughs> exactly. Like, I, the oh more I find goodness. out about that, yeah, the more I find out about that process and what goes into that, I you would have to pay me a lot of money to deal with the frustrations and the hours that go into putting your soul and your love on the line to just have Vince McMahon yeah. change <laughs> his mind the whole all time. <laughs> like, dude, I mean, what, what, why would you, like, here's, here's what I, I, I mean, I don't, how, why would you even try? Like, like, like an assignment at school, like, okay, we're going to give you homework. Why am I going to do it? If I turn it in and you're just going to change the scale or change your grading patterns or change the assignment. Yeah. Right. Like yep. I'm going to do this work for you. And then you're going to literally just take it in front of me and rip it up. And I don't, I, I, even when you land an idea, someone landed the glitch, the hacker, right? And now okay. where is that? Where's, yeah. Where's that? The, the woman who wrote Otis and Mandy, yep. she got fired in, in the layoffs. <laughs> right. So it, it's just, it is a thankless job. I feel for Bruce Pritchard because now he's juggling a whole bunch of different stuff. Not like he wasn't before, but at least before he had Heyman with Raw. Um, it's just, it's a chaotic time to be at WWE, I would imagine. All on top of, uh, and I don't care what anybody says, nobody's loving those ratings. You know, so you've got a pandemic, you've got layoffs, you've got a cloud of also social issues with Saudi Arabia yep. Yep. and COVID and all this stuff hanging over the WWE. And then you have that to worry about. So it's just, you know, it's um, the, the ratings. When I say that, you have the ratings to worry about. So I would imagine it's not a pleasant experience there right now. I could be wrong. Maybe it's a huge party. What do I know? Vince McMahon's got like a billion dollars. It should be fun. We, yeah, you, you would think. Uh, we if said- I owned a billion dollar company <laughs> and I, own, I don't know how many employees he has, like what, four or five, I don't know. It would be a fun ass company. Yeah. I'm, just, I'm just saying. <laughs> McKinnell Pro Wrestling, MPW. Yeah, I don't even know if it would be a pro like I just it would be a great culture. People would love to work for me. That's all, that's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> we mentioned a name in there when we were talking about who was writing, who got laid off, and it occurred in my head, Heyman did get laid off as a writer. But right, he was he still got pivoted, right? Yeah, but he was still talent. What if Heyman's behind retribution? Yeah, he won't be able to get okay. in the ring. It would be Lester's not at SummerSlam, so they needed yep. something for him to do. Yeah, possibly. It's going to keep yep. the CM Punk line out there. People intrigued yep. still. Be interesting. Okay. I don't. I. I mean, I that, literally just thought yeah. of it right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, it could work. 
I it mean, could certainly work. It's always fun to have the pencil and pretend. Fantasy booking is always fun. Yeah, of course. Of course, absolutely. Yeah, especially on Busted Open when people are listening. (laughs) Yeah, right. But, yeah, I mean, listen, Heyman in that role, he's not a big faction guy, especially in the last 20 years, but, yeah, he does have the history with the Dangerous Alliance, and he's Paul Heyman. You could put him with Breezango, and they'd be taking chance and over before tomorrow. So, I mean, it doesn't matter what Paul Heyman does. He's one of the greatest minds in the history of pro wrestling. So, yeah, you want to put him behind retribution, it's certainly going to help. It won't hurt. Um, I, I, uh, I wanted to uh, pivot. Speaking of pivoting, I wanted to pivot a little bit. A couple weeks ago, you and Mark, uh, at the end of the show, I believe you guys renamed it to Mimosa, Mimosa something. Mimosa Minute, yeah. Mimosa Minute. And you guys put out um, – Mark gave the White Knight as his thing to read and watch. I I literally went out and I because I love comics. I went out and bought it, eight bucks, soft cop, soft cover. Came in, read it. It was great. It was amazing. Mark, nice. right on point. The Boys TV show, same lines. It is a graphic novel. Uh, I believe it's on Amazon Prime. I haven't gotten to it yet, but uh, you preach that highly, correct? Uh, yeah, hold on. I'm going to switch in. I got some wireless earbuds. Yeah, no Want to make sure we're all good. Want to make sure we're all good here because I think this one might be running out. Can you say something? Yes. Hello. Check. Mic. Check. We're good. Good. good that. You know all what? The technical problems on the fly. Uh, no, the boy. And listen. Oh, hold on. Look at that. Your mic even cleared up. Okay, we're good. Man, sitting here giving myself cancer in my, my face and I'm. Also, we good? You can yeah. hear me? Yeah, yeah, we're good. Yeah. All right. All right. So the boys. Uh, I think I told you, or I, I think I told the listeners a couple weeks ago. Definitely not family friendly. Yeah, yep. Uh, yep. Don't you know? Don't watch with the kiddos. But uh, super graphic, super over the top, great storyline, hilarious, violent, just a total kind of kind of reimagining of the superhero kind of role in, in story. So no, it's badass. Definitely check it out. Now, now that's that's from a graphic novel, right? Yeah, that's what I, I eventually I read up on it. Yes, it's a graphic novel. Okay, now do you are you a like? Did you read the comics first? No, no, no. Okay. I haven't read comics in twenty twenty five years. Yeah. I used to in the summers when we like road trip. I used to get them in uh, gas stations and stuff. I was more the X Men animated series, the Spider Man animated yep. series. Lou Ferrigno is the Hulk. Dolph Lundgren is the Punisher. Um, I was I was comic book me. Idea, but I wasn't traditional. We had traditional comic books, but again, it was more action figures, TV shows, and movies is what like my superhero experience was growing up, and like my comic book experience. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Nice. Um, <clears throat> now I, on those lines, the Mimosa Minute. Uh, <laughs> I I had my mother-in-law's 70th birthday today, so big happy birthday yeah. to uh, Elaine. And uh, so I missed the end of the show. So I would like to know. If uh, you could give me the mimosa minute now, so I know <laughs> what to watch or what to do, uh, and if you have marks too, that'd be great. I, I basically, uh, I basically ribbed Mark for not watching the boys yet because he told yep. me by this week he would have, have watched it, and he didn't. So yeah, shame on him. He's a terrible. He's a yeah. Shame on him. Terrible. No good. Dirty, dirty liar. Um, yeah, and then I, I think we just talked about basketball. I don't even think we gave 
a Any? movie, yeah, or a TV show. I think we just talked about how great basketball has been since it's returned and how well the NBA is doing uh, the pandemic sports, which they are. I don't know. Huh? The bubble's working. Yeah, it's, and it looks great, man. Like, yep. it's up tempo. The virtual fan thing, for some odd reason, actually works. Um, I just the, the the rate of play is obviously stellar. The players are fine, and it, it looks like the product that you're used to. And then Mark had said that I after I said that NBA is doing it best, he was like run under pro wrestling, and I didn't have <laughs> I didn't have the heart. I, we didn't have the time, frankly, the most minutes at the end of the yeah, show. Yeah. But I couldn't I couldn't have disagreed with that statement more. I, and it's not pro wrestling's fault. Pro wrestling is trying its damnedest yeah. to well, at least certain companies are trying their damnedest to give you the best possible product in a pandemic era. Um, it's just that the art is so reliant on the back and forth and the feeding of the crowd and the relationship. Yeah. It's it's live stage, right? It's like you're asking them to do Broadway without the crowd, and it's just a very, very different dynamic. The WWE needs to start thinking outside the box, and I'm not talking about cinematic stuff. Like people were talking about it with Summer or uh, SummerSlam. Like, come on, guys, hotel, beach pool water bash at the beach like come on like aesthetically yeah. stop shooting it in a black studio room you have the money get out of the graveyard get out of the the the, the location shoots do a location so shoot do it yeah. somewhere badass right we saw how cool it was with aew yeah. using the jaguar stadium i know vince doesn't have jaguar stadium at his disposal but you're a billionaire you can go get a sweet venue go get the pyramid from lucha underground i don't give a shit oh. like you can you can do you can do something. You know what I mean. There's there is something you can do, and and I, I just I really hope they do. I, I I hope I hope you see. I hope they see the examples being set by other organizations. And Mark brought it up today. WWE was kind of first. They never stopped. So they yep. were on the fly trying to figure out how to navigate these COVID waters. You know, and obviously they had people test and they weren't testing. And there's stuff we you know there's stuff I don't like about that. But the fact is is they haven't stopped. So. They've got experience now. Uh, I think some leagues used what to do and maybe what not to do from what WWE and the UFC was doing. Um, and now, in turn, WWE can look at what the NHL is doing. They can look at what the NBA is doing, and maybe they can take some of uh, their cues. And they can look at what AEW is doing. You know, we're, we, we all kind of want this to be better for everything. Sports, entertainment, all of it. Let's, let's make it as good as possible. And I think, you know, the WWE can, can make it better. Yeah. Um. SummerSlam is supposed to be at the TD Bank North uh, Garden in Boston, and I was gonna be, I was gonna go, I was gonna, it was gonna be great, I was gonna have a, a blast, and you I know. was gonna go to WrestleMania and hang out with Mark Henry. Tell <laughs> yeah, me about it. yeah, there you go. <laughs> like, right? I, I, I don't know how the guys like you can follow my Twitter. Uh, obviously, I was gonna look forward to hanging out with the Nation for pretty much what yeah. would have been the first time, but um, yeah, I, I rented like a nine-person house with my buddy. I, I. Oh. I I, I talk with them a lot on Twitter, but Andreas Hale, Cal Dansby, uh, we call it the Reverse Rat Pack. It's our little, uh, yeah. it's our little uh, wrestling, it's our little wrestling crew that we have, and we had a whole week planned. So I feel you. Uh, I'm, I, my, my pain is uh, uh, extended to you. No SummerSlam. It's definitely a bummer, man. And so I was thinking about it because I heard like they're they're looking for something in the Northeast, outdoors, this and that. I was like, man, they should see if they can get Fenway Park. I know it's not a sure. beach, it's not cool hotels, but I could see a ring in the middle. I Vince has the money, put an entire Titantron right on that green monster. Yeah. 
But yeah, I, not to cut you off, yeah. it's a good idea, yeah. but it won't happen because they're sharing that stadium with a major league team yeah, right yeah. now, and yep. they won't want to let bodies in yeah. the building that they can't account and that's, for. That's what it was. Then I was like, oh, well, that sucks, because that would yep. look cool. But oh, um, yeah. I, I think they should find it somewhere down by the beach. I think that would be amazing. There's no – well, the theme was going to be Hollywood. So or no not not I'm thinking of WrestleMania, I'm thinking of next WrestleMania. Yeah. But there was no SummerSlam. I mean it's summer. Christ, go to the beach. Fuck it. Go right? to the beach. Go to the beach. It's outdoors. Um, in terms of COVID, that's a great obviously advantage mm-hmm. that you have. You're not in an enclosed space. Just the aesthetics of it, man. It looks great. Yeah. You know, Bash of the Beach was great. You, I mean, you, and I, I, you don't need to put up surfboards. You don't need to make it Bash of the Beach, but you can make. I don't know. I mean, you got raw underground. Put tiki torches up there and make it like a kumite. I don't know. Well, here's, just, here's summer, man. Here's the thing. The precedent's been set. They've done the Great American Bash. They've gone back in time and done that. They went back in time and did an In Your House. They Before that, War Games. The precedent's been set. Go outside. Give that feel of Bash the Beach, like you said. Do it. It's been set, and... They do need a change, and I I don't think a warehouse underground is going to do it, although I'm going to enjoy it. I don't think it's going to do it. Yeah, I mean, do as many things differently as you can. So Raw Underground, hey, I'll give it a chance. First hit, didn't love it, doesn't matter. I'm one guy. does not matter. Rating spike, people seem to enjoy it, good for you. I'm At the end of the day, I am cheering for the business all the time. I don't care if I hate it. If that makes any sense. I hated Cena. I hated Cena. You think well, I like? We were just talking. About yeah, you think I like seeing Cena like hold the, the the most prestigious title in the business for what seemingly felt like epochs, like gener- millennia? No, I didn't like that. I went to SummerSlam during the Summer Punk. First of all, I was here in Vegas the night he dropped the pipe bomb, and then a few months later, I went to LA to see him against Cena too. Obviously, Money Money in the Bank was the first match. Yep. Then SummerSlam was the match for both belts because, yep. you know, anyway, I was at that match. Oh my God, I'm I so wrote the Summer of Punk. Like, I was there for that. I was booing Cena. That said, there was always a part of me that recognized that man is a behemoth. He is one of the greatest champions ever. Children love him. Yep. He is selling stupid merch. Every four months, they change the color. More stupid merch. That's great for the business. <laughs> Everyone's making more money. I'm not going to be mad at that. If, if you have a champion that is running roughshod and you're sick of them, that means the business is doing well. That means the WWE has found their white whale. It's, if it's Hogan, yeah. Does it go too long? Yeah, it goes too long. But you can't tell me in 1987 Hulk Hogan wasn't the shit. And you weren't like, this is the greatest thing ever. When he faced off with Warrior yep. at WrestleMania, like it wasn't the greatest match ever for those of you that lived it. Yep. You understand? For those of you that didn't, I'm sorry. Go it is watch what it. it is. It's on the network. But, absolutely. Go watch it. But you can't recreate the feel, right? right? Like I was right. seven years old. That They were they were superheroes to me. But mm-hmm. maybe Austin and Rock is your thing. Austin and Rock, I would combine them because they were, you know, they were such behemoths in that regard. But when you had those guys going, like maybe someone was sick of seeing Rock as champion all the time. Again, you didn't like the people's elbow. That's not a finisher. I mean, I actually remember those conversations. See, kids, there was a time where people actually hated the Rock. Yes, not when he was Rocky Maivia, but when he was actually the Rock at the top of his game, people hated him. They felt like he was an actor. They felt like he wasn't committed. They felt like his moveset was whack. They felt like the people's elbow wasn't a real finisher. Yada, 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 right? It still went on. 
But again, at that time, I recognized the business is doing great. I, there were things maybe I didn't like. The business is doing great. Didn't like Triple H. Still don't like Triple H. Hated his run in the mid 2000s. That's Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> but, yo, I mean, I'm just being honest. Yeah. I, I, he just never appealed to me. Um, but I recognized also that was me. There was still a huge section of fans that loved the motorhead walkout, that loved the biker sort of gimmick that he yep. was running. There was the DX nostalgia that people had, and I had that. Like, when he faced off against The Undertaker, hey, that was Triple H DX. I'm, I'm with it. But there was also, when it was happening, he had just married Stephanie. He was constantly putting himself in positions of power. He did it again in the summer of punk when he ruined that shit when he tag team with CM Punk. So I, I, I have plenty of bones to pick with Triple H, right? But... Again, a commodity, uh, uh, an era where he reigned, where money was good and people paid to see him. So I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be super marky and just start like totally shitting and destroying, you know, people that maybe the art isn't for me. Their style of art of what they do in their storylines haven't always appealed to me. I recognize that they appeal to a lot of people. So in a very long roundabout way, as we talk about Raw Underground, yeah. it's clearly polarizing, which is great. Like there are people that hate it and there are people that really seem to like it. That's good, right? If you can get that, yes. that's good. So we'll see. It's it's one week. Again, it's a, I judged the New Day when they debuted. I couldn't yep. have been quicker to say it's the worst faction ever. It's never going to work. What are they doing? It's disjointed and then they made it their own and now they're the greatest faction ever, arguably. So yeah, we'll see. Awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome stuff. And, I mean, we didn't even touch on on Shorty G's switch, Corbin, Riddle. We didn't get any of that. We we yeah. didn't. I didn't even mention the fact that Bianca Belair attacked Zelina Vega today on Twitch. I, I mean, didn't see that. Yeah, I guess. Uh, I guess. Nice. So, so Zelina has a Twitch channel, and she was on there doing something, and she was talking to Kayla Braxton. And, uh, the, you know, search it. It's on Twitter. It's around there. Yeah. They're talking about, like, maybe their favorite video games or something because I hear her saying Mario. And then you see Zelina look up, and she's like, what are you doing here in my house? And then Bianca just, like, knocks her right over, attacks her, starts laying into her. Excellent <laughs> stuff. I love it. And, oh, you listen, know, man, it's different. Like, could you imagine those two in a feud for a belt, like, over a year period? Yeah. Yeah. Where they where they go back and forth. We know Zelina can work. We obviously I you guys know how highly I think of Bianca Belair. And actually I love this because the first show I ever worked with Mark Henry, I want to say it was about three years ago. And Bianca had just debuted. Yep. And I brought up Bianca in break, or it was either on air or on break. And he's like, Yeah, he's like, you know I scouted her. He's like, you know what? I brought her into the company. And I totally marked out. And the next yeah. 15 minutes on the show, it was just, remember that Chris Farley uh, uh, segment on SNL when he would yeah. interview the famous people and he would be like, hey, remember that time when I literally turned into that, but just kind of wanting to know about Bianca Belair. I was like, well, tell me about, and how did this come about? And are you as hyped? Because it, it, it was evident from the first moment I saw her, even right when she hit TV for the, that was the only time I saw her was when she yep. hit TV. You could see she could catch that finisher from any, anywhere. You could see the power was there in every facet, from the upper body to the lower body. And that's the stuff that, like, I'm, I'm not a body guy when it comes to the men, which is so odd. But when it comes to the women, I find myself being like a heightist and a sizes. And I know that's, like, so messed up. But for whatever reason, like, and I love Alexa and I love yep. Sasha. I do. But you were saying reason, today always, Charlotte and Rhea. Yep. Yeah. Up, I lean towards Charlotte. I lean towards Rhea, and I lean towards girls like Bianca, who might be a little bit undersized, at least comparatively to Charlotte. But just 
raw strength and power. You know, Sasha and Alexa, they have that that slick tongue. They are able to bury you and to hold the mic. And, and, and those girls, that's not to say Bianca doesn't either. So, you know, I think as I'm sitting here comparing and saying, like, picking and choosing favorites, I think the real moral of the story is, holy shit, the women are on fire. Yes, the women like, are on fire. It is great. And here's another thing. And let's just be completely honest. Let's go back to, like, WCW NWO Revenge, right? Let's yep. go back to N64. Let's go back to me being 15 years old. If you would have told me when I was 15 that I would be watching women's wrestling and invested in storylines <laughs> like I was men, I would have laughed yeah. in your face. Same and, and it's not, I, I don't know if it's a sexist thing. Like I, I, I can't say that because I'm talking I'm 15. I'm a right, kid, right? right? But that's also an important kind of caveat in this discussion because there are now 15-year-olds that that's such a foreign thought to them. Yep. So, like, yep. you, you changed the culture of professional wrestling in such profound ways. And I can't even imagine, and, and obviously, Vanessa, you can speak to this, uh, I can't even imagine what it's got to be like for a woman, for a woman or, or a young girl or a person who has daughters. Like, it has got to be really exciting to see legitimate superheroes on TV getting time invested in them and not doing hokey shit yep. like not do. And this isn't a knock on it's not, it'll sound like it, but Talita and Trish, you know, they were in bikini matches. They were in just straight up sexist nonsense bullshit that real athletes, like real top level superstar champions should never have been subjected to. Right. And that's just a part of the era. I'm not like, I'm not trying to rewrite it. I'm just saying these girls today like when, when your daughters and your and your young girls are looking up, they don't ever have to question that. Bailey yeah. is never going to be in a segment like that. She is heel or face, someone that represents something different. And it's and again, it's not Trish and Lita's fault. They had to play ball. That was a part of the era. If you didn't do some of those things, I have no question that you wouldn't have been the stars that you were. And I'm not saying either that they were forced into it. I'm just saying, similar to me in 1998 playing WCW and NWO yeah. Revenge, Times were different. Very again, long roundabout way. I'm glad the times now um, are different as were this to where they were in 1998. To where I think there's an entire generation that doesn't even think about the stuff I just said. But to a guy like you and yep. to Vanessa listening, you totally understand what I'm saying. Yeah, it's it's. If you would have told me, 15 year old me, that yeah. I would be a huge soccer fan. I would have told you, I would have said some words to you, like soccer is this and that. And uh, so, yeah, it's just the way, the way it is. And, and being a, a father of, of three daughters, Vanessa being a woman herself and having daughters, it's uh, it's a great time. It's a great time. Uh, but it's also that time in the show where uh, we're going to have to give you the mic. You can put over what you want. Uh, Mr. McKinnell, I'm not going to keep you any longer. You've been up a long time. We're coming up on an hour. Uh, Why don't you let people – I mean, time, we, we could do this all night long, but uh, I, I've been told if we end things early, we can have you back. So. <laughs> <laughs> Buddy, you could always have me back. I've been on a couple times. I love jumping Yeah, it's, okay, it's a so, lot of fun. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. I don't have anything necessarily to put over. You guys can uh, – you guys can – you know, find me on Twitter at Ryan McKinnell. You guys can find me at IG at Big Mac McKinnell. Obviously, the show with Misha Tate is on uh, Series One Six. You guys, no bust over. Okay, I, I will put this over. I will put this over. Um, I just got two albums. I'm a big vinyl collector. I don't, I don't know if you guys know that, but I'm a big, big fan of live music, music in general. I got oh. my posters up. That yep. anyway. Um, 
Yeah, I, that was that's been one of my things during the pandemic. I uh, since I don't have live shows and it's pretty much all I do with my money. I've now taken to finding old concert posters and putting them up all over my house um, from shows that I've went to. Yeah. to kind of like hold I got, on to that. Right that over joint. Here. Anyway, I got the same thing right over here. Nice. What do you got? What do you got up? They're all they're all my Pearl Jam posters. Every show I've been nice. to, I've been to like thirty. They're all up. So Pearl, so. Pearl Jam to you is my Metallica because yeah. I've seen Metallica like 30 times. Yep. You travel, you see them regionally, yep. that's awesome. Yep. And I'm like, I'm not a huge Pearl Jam fan. In fact, they're, they're, they're one of the bands I still need to see, but I respect the hell out of them. Like, I, 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 I was just, I was a metal kid when yeah. grunge was going. Yeah. So Soundgarden is about as far as I lean in terms of grunge, like Cornell and Soundgarden. Yeah. But I've, over time, I've come to really appreciate Eddie Vedder and, 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 uh, Pearl Jam. So I, I definitely appreciate that. On the tip of metal, or, or on the the subject of metal, um, two albums that I've been waiting so long to get on vinyl. I'm going to pull them out. And here's a cool story. Oh, vinyl. So now now the show's getting fun. Yes, let's get the vinyl out. Okay, so again, two albums that I've been waiting a very long time for. Let me make sure I get it here. All right. I enjoy the Dire Straits ball, man. So, I've been looking forever for these two albums. They came out in the move, mid-2000s. Um, for any guys that don't know, the, the mid to early 2000s had a resurgence of metal called the New Wave of American Heavy Metal. Yes. Came out of your area to a large extent, the New England, Mass area, Boston, bands like Unearth, bands like All That Remains, Shadows Fall, Kill Switch Engage, a lot of New England guys. Uh, Kill Switch Engage, yep. the band that... Uh, was behind CM Punk's This Fire and his original entrance music in the WWE. Anyway, kind of sounds like that. They brought a, a mix of hardcore, a mix of thrash metal, basically called it metalcore, right? So the two seminal albums that I really, really took my fandom in those years to a whole other level, I've been trying to get on vinyl forever, uh, over 10 years, and I finally got them. And not only did I finally get them, they arrived on Friday at the same time. They're used, but they're in great condition. The first is Kill Switch Engages oh, uh, and the that. Heartache. It was only printed once on vinyl, and it was printed in Germany. It's on 180-gram vinyl. I've been waiting very long to get this. It came out in 2004. It doesn't have the CM Punk This Fire song on it, but it does have a song that kind of became an anthem for metalcore in the, the early 2000s. So that was the end of Heartache. So this uh, came, and then this came on the same day. And this is All That Remains is uh, The Fall of Ideals, which had a song called Six on it, which was on Guitar Hero, for anyone who remembers oh, Guitar Hero. Yeah, yeah. But uh, all, that, all That Remains is, both. first of all, both of these bands are still fairly popular today. Um, both of them, uh, for, for, to varying degrees, they're still putting out new music and killing it. But these two albums, The Fall of Ideals and End of Heartache, if you guys are metal fans at all, go listen to these. Educate yourselves and educate yourselves on the new wave of American heavy metal. It's melodic. It's heavy. It was a great era for heavy music, something that I sorely, sorely miss, and I hope we get a return to. Yes. Awesome. Nice. That, yeah, that... we started collecting posters, too, because my husband's oh. got 100 T-shirts, and we yeah. have no more space left in our house, yeah. so now we've got posters. It's a deadly yeah, actually, game. <laughs> it is. Um, Yo, now so I'm not you, even going to remember. You, you guys... I mean, you probably do have an idea because just by what you said in terms of it being a deadly game, I've now run out of space. So over there in the corner, obviously you see the busted open setup, right? But I have my rancid poster from the show at House of Blues. I've now run out of space. 
Like yeah. I've run out of space. I've run out of wall space. We've taken up the other bedroom. We've taken up the bathroom. <laughs> I have. I, mean, I can't show you my entire living room, but like over here, I'm looking at a Guns N' Roses from their first show back as a full band in April of 2016 at T-Mobile, a Roger Waters Us vs. Them show, a Jack White show at Brooklyn Bowl, <sighs> like 12, a System of a Down show from 17 that oh I was, or 18 God, that I was at, and a Metallica T-Mobile show. And then the hallway, I've got three of the same Metallica shows, some Rolling Stones posters. I went crazy. I miss live music so much. I Me just too. want to be reminded. It sounds exactly like what you're going through. Yep, yep. And here's the other good thing. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's a good thing. I just feel like I'm getting in before everybody else realizes what you and I realize that I can't get these posters for like under a hundred dollars. Yeah. That's the yeah. other thing. Like, I feel like people are going through the exact same thing you and I are going through. They're like, I need posters. I need to remind like myself what, you know, these great experiences. So, uh, yeah, I'm, 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 I, my name is Ryan McKinnell, and I and I have a I have a poster problem. <laughs> well, no, I hear you. My husband went to um Claypool Lennon at the Majestic in Detroit. It's just like a small little bar. Yeah. And he wanted a poster for the show because it was super cool. And like yeah. someone bought the last one off like the cork board, so like there was none left. So I literally spent two months hu- hunting to find a poster, <laughs> and I found one. And it was like the original print, like it had the number oh, on it right. and everything. Yep. And I literally only spent like 20 US on it. I was so excited. What? Yeah. That for is you. a great deal. Yeah. I mean, all, I make sure all mine are numbered. Some of mine are are signed by the artist. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you got to get numbered. It's hilarious that you're going through the same thing. You're a good wife. Like, I, that is awesome <laughs> right? that you hunted that down. Um, I've got some funny, I, I actually did something similar. Uh, my wife was a good wife a couple years ago. We actually bid on this same that Run the Jewels LP, Run the Jewels 2. It's signed by Killer Mike. Uh, she was trying to get it for me for a Christmas present on eBay. This was like five years ago. Turns out she didn't know that I was also watching the <laughs> auction and we were bidding against each other. <laughs> uh, she was trying to surprise me. And yeah, so we don't, she doesn't, she just doesn't buy anything from me anywhere because chances are I'm either planning on buying it or yeah. I've already bought it. That's but, how uh, I am. Yeah, yeah man, that's that, exactly. That, it's so that, hard. That, I that tried. Poster, that, that poster game can get out of hand quick. And we have this old rocker. His name's Bobby and he's awesome. And he's seen everybody. He's like 60. He just spends all his money on shows. I mean, saw Metallica with Ozzy in 86. Like he's seen everybody. He just, you name him. He's, he tried to tell me. He tried to tell me because I was all excited. I was in his office. I was like, Bobby, I got this Metallica, you know, thing framed from the 30th anniversary and I got the coins in it. My ticket stuff is badass. He's like, just be careful, kid. And I was like, what do you mean? Like, just just be careful. He's like, the shit gets out of hand real quick. He was so right. He was so right. And I haven't even gotten my my, uh, government money yet. I haven't got my stimulus check. What happens when I get my stimulus check? I'm going to be broke on concert photos, posters, and vinyl all because I miss live music so much. Like, I'm, this is me coping. I don't stress eat. I know it looks like I stress eat. I don't stress eat. I stress by music and concert posters. 2020 needs to be over. It does. Good Lord, it does. I mean, I'm gonna, I mean the good news is, is like I feel the stuff we're buying does hold value. Yes. Like I, feel, I feel like vinyl and posters do hold value if you're – smart about it you know you get the 20 dollar poster that's money you know you can't go wrong with that uh but yeah just yes 2020 be over yes 100 yeah. percent. bye adios it, it, it's it's it is a deadly game because pearl jam just announced because they they're they had a tour they had a u.s tour right before all this broke out i was gonna see him in baltimore i was gonna see him in new york city uh and then a festival in jersey 
and all you know all that got canceled in this and so Pearl Jam just announced uh they're they're releasing all the posters from those canceled shows and I'm like son of a bitch and my wife I would not buy those my you wouldn't you wouldn't buy them no. Even if you didn't For go. memories of sadness of being stuck in your house during a pandemic and the show you didn't get. One time, so uh, 2008, Death Magnetic Tour, Metallica was playing two shows in Los Angeles. It was mid-December, early December in Vegas. We had the most snow in 55 years here in Vegas. We got 10 inches on the strip. The Luxor was covered in snow. The Cajon Pass, where you have to drive through yep. to get to L.A., Close. I had tickets for night one and night two. Now, luckily, I made it for night two, but when we were heading to L.A., because I had a hotel, we were going to do both nights. We had great seats. I had third row for that first night. They closed the pass, and we couldn't get through. Dude, I have never went to bed at four in the afternoon in my life. I was so sad when I got home because all I could think about was there's no one sitting in my seats. They're playing right now, yeah. and there's third row seats that are empty to my favorite band. And I know that's like I, I've, I've been very lucky. I've seen them many times. But the point is, dude, I would not get a poster from that show because it would just piss me off. Yeah, if a bunch of Pearl Jam, like I have tickets to see Run the Jewels and Rage Against the Machine in Phoenix, Oakland, and Chicago, I would not buy a poster from any of those shows because I wanted more than anything to see those shows. Right? They're going to redo them. They yeah. rescheduled them, right? So you get the poster from the rescheduled show. But well, it will, now, hold on. It'll be a different poster. That's the thing. It will be. It will be. Now, this could be cool. You do a custom setup where you get the canceled show and the redo, and you put them together. <laughs> yep, that's what I'm going to do. Separate the worst year ever. All right, yeah. That, but you know what? That's not a horrible idea. Maybe I just talked about I worked myself into a shoot. I, st- <laughs> I still have the space right now. I mean, we could we could do this all day. I could talk. I could talk <laughs> music, posters, vinyl, obsessions sure. all day long. For sure. And we'll do that next time. Yeah, we'll definitely do that next time. <laughs> Ryan, uh, thank you for staying up so late with us. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. You've been, awesome. you've been great. And, uh, you know, I'll, uh, we'll hear you again uh, around the dial, you know, the serious dial. So have yourself a wonderful thank night. Thank you, buddy. You too. Yeah, later. See you later. Awesome. <laughs> that was really good. Uh, this guy's called The Standing Streamer. <laughs>